Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out, right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Hello again and welcome to another edition of Vegas Never Sleeps. This weekend, we delve into the modern history of Las Vegas with Jeff Schumacher, considered by many to be the city's most knowledgeable historian. From there, you'll visit one of the surrounding cities that have grown in the recent population boom that the Vegas area has been experiencing. That city is Henderson, Nevada, which is becoming a visitor's mecca as well. If you love Vegas buffets, but don't like the self-service aspect of them, have we got a wonderful idea. It's called Fogo de Chao, a Brazilian steakhouse. And finally, your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, explains a new Las Vegas phenomenon, residency shows. Superstars like Celine Dion and Elton John performing for weeks or even months that attract fans from around the world. Bright light city gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn, so get those stakes up higher There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there They're all living the devil may care And I am just a devil with love to spare So Viva Las Vegas One thing on this show we always talk about is the history of Las Vegas, and there's really no better book out there than a book called Sun, Sin, Suburbia, The History of Modern Las Vegas, and with us is the author, Jeff Schumacher, who's a well-known writer from the Las Vegas area, editor, and actually is the senior director of content for our very favorite museum, and that's the Mob Museum, one of the great museums we have in Las Vegas. Well, Jeff, welcome. You know, when you talk about modern Las Vegas, first of all, how do you define modern Las Vegas? Are we going to the 40s? Are we going to the beginning of the 20th century, or where? Well, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. on. I really appreciate it. Um, so when I talk about modern Las Vegas, uh, I'm sort of thinking about the period from the 1940s to the present, really World War II to the present. Of course, in my book, I, I really give, uh, at least I touch on all of the history of Las Vegas, but other authors, other historians have really covered the, the 19th century and and the railroad and all that stuff. So what I do is I focus on the modern period um, when the growth uh, of the community was so dramatic, starting in the 1940s. And, you know, as a member of the Mob Museum, that's kind of when the mob came in and decided, okay, uh, this is going to work better than Havana. This is going to be the uh, gambling capital, at least of the United States, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, the the arrival in 1945 of a group of uh, mob guys who uh, invested in the El Cortez Hotel in downtown Las Vegas. I think that kind of marks the beginning of organized crime's interest in gambling in Las Vegas. That's not to say there weren't other connected individuals who were involved before 1945, but 45 is kind of a real turning point because the money they made by investing in uh, and then ultimately selling the El Cortez, El Cortez was then plowed into the Flamingo Hotel, which became really the first, you know, major uh, mob-controlled casino in Las Vegas. Bugsy Siegel is the person or the name we hear thrown around a lot. And while he was important in there, he really wasn't the guy that ran things, right? I mean, he threw a lot of money into the Flamingo, but there was a whole other group of people that really turned the town into a gambling uh, mecca. Well, yeah, there's, a, there's an interesting way of, of thinking about the Flamingo. And the first thing to think about is... Uh, that it wasn't the first hotel casino on the Strip. Uh, there's this idea that, you know, Bugsy and the Flamingo invented Las Vegas or birthed Las Vegas in some way. But, in fact, you know, we had two pretty good-sized hotel casinos operating on the Strip before the Flamingo was even an idea. We had the El Rancho Vegas and the West Frontier. And so then a man named Billy Wilkerson 
conceived the idea for the Flamingo. Billy Wilkerson was a, uh, a, a restaurant and nightclub operator in Southern California who liked to gamble, and he would come to Las Vegas and gamble, and he got the idea that he could build a more elegant resort in Las Vegas and attract the same clientele that he was attracting to his nightclubs in, in L.A. So he started building the Flamingo in 1945. Unfortunately, uh, Wilkerson ran out of money. Um, he had a gambling problem, honestly, and he was a lot of the money he should have been pouring into the Flamingo. He was instead pouring into the uh, green felt tables at the other casinos right. in Las Vegas. <laughs> so he needed some investors. So he turned to what turned out to be the wrong people. He turned to the mob uh, for investment, and Meyer Lansky and Mo Sedway, Bugsy Siegel, and others. Um, invested in the Flamingo. And at that point, they asked Bugsy to go out to... Bugsy was based in L.A. at the time. Everybody else was in New York. And they asked Bugsy to go over to Las Vegas and keep an eye on this Flamingo project because they'd invested a fair amount of money in it. So Bugsy starts hanging around around Las Vegas, hanging around the Flamingo, you know, sort of side-by-side with Wilkerson. The, what ultimately happens, though, is Bugsy takes a real liking to the project, so much so that he pushes Wilkerson out of the way, out of the picture, and, and becomes the front man for the Flamingo Hotel. Now, Wilkerson still had his hand in it, at least for a while, uh, but it was Siegel then who really took control of things. And uh, he opened the casino and uh, ran it for a while until, until he hit some ill fortune. The mob managed for a while, anyway, to really run the town, and the town consisted of what? Well, we had great gambling. It was sort of a resort kind of dude ranch type place that you could take advantage of the sun and so forth, and the entertainment was great. That really was the early uh, key to the, su- yeah. to the success, wasn't it? Absolutely. The, uh, you know, the, I would say in the late 1940s and 1950s uh, was the mob's heyday in Las Vegas. They they controlled most of the resorts on the Las Vegas Strip, um, not all, but most of them. And then up into the 60s, they were still heavily involved. That was, be, that, was be, that they were still heavily involved until the feds started taking a real interest, as did the state of Nevada's gaming regulators. That's when things started to go sideways for the mob in the late 60s and 1970s. But in the 1950s, uh, you know. It was, a, it was sort of the worst-kept secret in America that the mob was running these casinos. Nobody talked about it, but everybody knew it was happening. Jeff, is it one of those places, you know, we always hear that, gee, it was great when the mob ran it because everything was a lost leader except the gaming. Was it really that friendly a place to tourists where, you know, if you could just control your gambling, it was a wonderful place to go? Yeah, I, think that's, I think there's some truth to that in this sense. Um, it, keep in mind it was a much smaller town at that time. So, you know, the volume of people coming through the doors of the casinos wasn't anywhere near what it is today. So the, the casino operators could offer much more personal service. They'd recognize you when you're coming in the door. You know, when you have, you know, 50,000 people coming through the door every day, it's pretty hard to, to say hi to Jack, Jim, and, and, you know, you just don't know who everybody is coming in the door. But in the 50s, you could, and so then you would get the personalized service that people still remember today. They, they really love the idea that you know they might get comped for a show or, uh, or or for a, a restaurant simply because they uh, found a friendly casino host who they knew from, you know, from the neighborhood. Um, that stuff just hard to do today. So uh, it was a friendlier, I think, atmosphere, and I think it was. Um, the mob did a good job of customer service. Of course, if you crossed them, you know, the way they dealt with you might have been a little bit different than it would be today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, definitely people have fond memories of how how the casinos were run at that time. Well, I guess the big change, and you wrote about it in a book that's out of print right now. You Hopefully it's going to come back out, but you can still get it used. Howard Hughes, Power, Paranoia, and Palace Intrigue, because really... Wasn't he the guy who came and stayed at the Desert Inn and decided he liked it so much he bought it and then started buying up buildings? That kind of changed the mentality to really where it was now going to be corporations that ran the place. Yeah, I mean, he kind of opened that door. You know, Howard Hughes was a, he wasn't a corporate guy. He was an individual entrepreneurial type. But he was, at the time, he was very respected by Wall Street. 
and he was respected by you know corporate leaders around the world. They really didn't re- realize just how eccentric he was at that time. That came out later. But um, so when Hughes started uh, buying Las Vegas casinos and operating them, this sort of was like a stamp of approval on the idea that a, a legitimate business could invest in Las Vegas in the casino business, and it would not you know, be tainted forever. In a few moments, you'll hear more from Jeff Schumacher, author of Sun, Sin, Suburbia, The History of Modern Las Vegas, and the Senior Director of Content for the Mob Museum in downtown Las Vegas. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. World-class hotels, dining, gaming, special events, and more. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You may not realize it, but there's a source of renewable energy right in your neighborhood, and you're helping to power it. Today, waste management is using the resources at our disposal to create energy from waste. Enough green energy to power over one million homes. It's an idea we're proud to drive forward. From everyday collection to environmental protection, think green, think waste management. Angstrom Minerals represent a quantum leap in nutrition. Liquid Minerals offer a more concentrated and quicker boost because they integrate into the body faster. Unlike that handful of pills you take every day, Angstrom Minerals bypass digestion and go directly to the cells. Try Angstrom Minerals for your body, your health, and your life. Register online and use your account to save 5% off your retail order every time you shop. Some restrictions apply. Please visit ElementalResearchInc.com. Are you looking to save money on your prescription medications? Are your prescription costs too high? Are you paying out of pocket for your meds? Or is your copay too high? Well, if you answered yes to any of these questions, you've got to check out the RX Cut free prescription discount card. And getting your free discount card is easy. All you do is go to the website rxcutdiscounts.com. The free RX Cut prescription discount card allows you to get significant discounts on either brand name or generic prescription medications, and it also works on meds with high copays. There are no fees, no forms, no personal information needed, and the cards are active immediately. Discount cards are also good for the entire family, and they never expire. Again, to get your free discount cards, visit rxcutdiscounts.com. You may get the free discount card either by U.S. mail, email, text, or simply print out the discount card online. When you go to Las Vegas, you have to know what you're going to go see, and there's no better place on the web to go than VitalVegas.com. You hear Scott Robin, our Vegas insider, every week on the show, but Scott's got a lot more there. What are people going to find when they go to your site, Scott? Everything you need to know about Las Vegas from shows and restaurants and a lot of inside dirt that you won't hear anywhere else. And a lot of photos, too, and a lot of snark, right? (laughs) That is the case, (laughs) yes. You can't miss it. VitalVegas.com. It's a must when you come to Las Vegas. VitalVegas.com. He's looking for Smith, but instead goes down the middle. Chester, touchdown Raiders! Oh, what a great ball. 19 yards and a Raider touchdown to make it 22-3. Chester had gotten free at the five and was all alone in the end zone two yards in. That is the Oakland Raiders. No, not the Oakland Raiders of 2017, but the Oakland Raiders of 1972. And that's what we're talking about on a new feature called RaiderHistorian.com. You go there and we have 
every week different highlights from years in the past, including a look back at Al Davis, the owner, all the great games, the rivalries, the philosophy of the team, and so forth. It's a must as the Raiders head to Las Vegas in just another few years. If you're here in Las Vegas, you got to know that history, and if you're from Oakland and L.A., you'll want to relive that as well. RaiderHistorian.com return to Vegas Never Sleeps. Here's Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Jeff Schumacher, one of the finest writers in Las Vegas, senior director of content for the Mob Museum, and the author of Sun, Sin, Suburbia, The History of Modern Las Vegas. We were just discussing the influence of billionaire Howard Hughes on Las Vegas in the 1960s. He definitely opened the door to corporate investment in Las Vegas. And, you know, some state laws had to change in order for that to happen. But it was during the Hughes era that it did happen. The other thing was that Hughes, all six casinos that he purchased in Las Vegas had some mob involvement before he bought them. And then when he bought them, you know, the mob was kind of pushed out. Some people would argue that they continued to to skim from Hughes. But uh, regardless of that, there definitely was a a different mentality that was brought into these casinos. And it was something that spread like wildfire in the 70s and 80s. And ultimately today, you know, everything, all the casinos have a corporate feel to them. Absolutely. Let's talk about today, because I find it interesting. You guys like Steve Wynn and Sheldon Adelson now are among the top people running the town. And you, you really have, it, it is a different place. And I guess, to me, diversification is the biggest thing. Jeff, is that what makes Vegas different than places like Atlantic City or a lot of the casinos you see that are either with uh, Indian reservations and such around the country, in that there's a lot more to offer than just uh, gaming? Well, absolutely. And actually, you know, that has changed significantly um, over time. It used to be that, as you mentioned earlier, that you know, the casino drove things and the other elements of the of the operation were loss leaders. Today, Every uh, every area of the resort is a you know, is profit making, and and in fact today uh, a tourist who comes to Las Vegas, the amount the, the amount of money they spend on gambling is only, is less than what they spend on everything else. So they're paying money for shows, they're paying money in restaurants, they're paying money for different activities they want to participate in. Hopefully they're coming to the Mob Museum and enjoying yeah. our exhibits. Uh, but there are so many different things to do now that the gambling is just a just a piece of the puzzle, and that's the magic of modern Las Vegas as we've figured out how to adapt to the modern uh, tourist. When- Not all tourists are obsessed with gambling. Well, and now we see a town that's got a lot of culture. I mean, the Mob Museum is a really a world-class museum, but there's others out there, too, like the Neon Museum. There's mm-hmm. there's all sorts of things. There's, there's eclectic restaurants opening up. Downtown's changing. It, it, is that just something that, like, Las Vegas has done, and that's the way, as you see on to the 21st century, that they're going to continue to try to stay ahead of the game by, again, tr- trying to not get stale? Yeah. No, I think that has, in fact, I would argue that that has been the the trademark of Las Vegas from really the beginning of the 20th century, that it's in a constant, it, it rec, people here recognize that the city must be in a constant state of evolution in order to remain competitive. And, you know, it, you don't want to become stale because people have so many other options. They can go to Orlando, they can go overseas. They can go to New York or Chicago or wherever they want to go um, instead of coming to Las Vegas. So we have to continue to offer something new and different every time you come to town. And uh, so Las Vegas is constantly reinventing itself. I expect that it will continue to do so over the next 5, 10, 15 years. I can assure you casino uh, owners and executives in Las Vegas are spending time thinking about, always spending time thinking about what the next thing is they're going to do. They've got people to look over what's going on now, but they're spending time thinking about what we're going to do next. And, you know, we do that at the, at the museum, too, because we feel the same way. We need to continue to, 
evolve and to uh, get better. Well, and it seems like the municipal government there and really the state government have been a, a pleasant partner in this in the sense that it's not a big deal to tear a place down and put something new. They have a planning department that's pretty eager to say yes. And it seems like, whereas you compare it to, say, Atlantic City, there seems to be more of a, an awareness that we have to keep this place different, just like the casinos are thinking. Well, that's right. I mean, you know, uh, Las Vegas and, and Nevada generally, we've always had this chip on our shoulder, right? Because people have have felt that it's early on when we had such a low population in the state that we shouldn't even really be a state at all. <laughs> so wow. we've had to defend ourselves from those kinds of things. And then, you know, because of the, the harsh desert climate and the other, uh, you know, how big it is, how spread out things are, you know, uh, it's very different from other places. So people who want to move here, uh, many of them come and they absolutely love it. But convincing your spouse or, you know, whatever it is to come and move out into the middle of nowhere, at least by your own uh, estimation, um, isn't easy. And so we've always had to offer things that were above and beyond, uh, you know, what you could do elsewhere. Um, so I, I think that chip on our shoulder that, that sort of we're always the underdog is the attitude that Las Vegas has. And that's reflected in the city governments and the state governments as well. They They understand that that's the that we need to, to do interesting things here, and they don't want to stand in the way of that. Well, and your book also covers, which I think is a little different than some books, is it also covers the city as a whole. I mean, this city, aside from the Strip and so forth, is just booming. It's incredible, and you see it. Uh, you drive around there. It's become, and, and I guess part of it is like the uh, advantageous taxation situation and so forth, or as long as you don't have a gambling problem, a wonderful place to get cheaper food, cheaper whatever, mm -hmm. right? Is that part of it? Yeah, so one of the things that happened in the 1990s, I talk about this in, in my book, is that Las Vegas uh, became a retirement mecca, you know, much like Phoenix or Tucson or, you know, these kinds of places. People were moving from, you know, cold-weather states, cold-weather cities, um, to the West, and, you know, they used to go to Florida and Arizona and Cal Southern California, but now they're just as likely to move to Las Vegas because it's cheaper. You know, you don't, as you mentioned, yep. there's, the, there's no state income tax, and the housing is fairly affordable and so forth. So retirees have found Las Vegas to be a, a good place to go. Um, you know, we also had uh, in the 90s and up into the 2000s a uh, a dramatic increase in Latino uh, residents uh, moving here uh, from Southern California primarily, and they were working in our massive resorts, you know, and building building the community. So now we're at 2.2 million people here. Uh, we're we're, we're getting two professional sports teams where we had none before, right. and you know we're we're rival rivaling all of the major cities in America on every thing now it's not just gambling it's you know we're we're ready to take on all kinds of different things as we look ahead to the throughout the 21st century you know you can see some of the uh, really high-tech stuff that's being done even in north las vegas not a town mm -hmm. that's run by gambling again with all that open area i guess there's really no limit to the growth you're going to see in las vegas and surrounding communities well a couple things on that one is i think las vegas will always recognize that tourism is our number one industry, and so it's not like we're gonna we're gonna let that lag. Um, so you know the Las Vegas Strip and downtown Las Vegas are going to continue to work hard to bring in visitors. But Las Vegas is also diversifying, and you're you're seeing it already, and you're going to see more of uh, other industry settling here and moving here and starting here. Back with final thoughts from Jeff Schumacher in a moment. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. From the famous to the fascinating, in a climate as fun, fast, and flashy as Las Vegas, this is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. I'm here with Logan Reed, my own personal business coach that does so much more than just business. Logan, do you find that people come to you thinking about business and ended up leaving where it's really about their entire life? 
That's actually a great question because what I find is that people often come to me and ask, am I a business coach, am I a career coach, am I a life coach? And I say, I don't care what you call me because when you change any part of your life, so if we're talking about your career or your relationship, it's going to change everything. So when we make changes in one part, it touches every part of our life. So how do we get involved? How do we get more information about about you and what you're doing? Sure. You can give me a call at 360-529-1848 or email me at logan at loganreadcoaching.com. And you could also check out my website if you want to learn more about me at loganreadcoaching.com. Waste management has earth-friendly plans that fit the biggest corporations and recycling programs to help smaller companies get started. We're there for you every night and on the job with you every day. When you put waste management to work, you get an environmental partner and big ideas for every size business. From everyday collection to environmental protection, think green, think waste management. To learn more, visit WM.com. Forgotten Heroes, the independent film that Hollywood refused to distribute. They were asked to risk their lives in order to save their enemy. The producers of Forgotten Heroes are donating 25% of all sales to the American Veterans Disabled for Life Memorial Fund. We need someone to go in there and bring them out. From first-time director Jack Marino, the home run for America's Vietnam veteran. They are Forgotten Heroes. Buy the DVD now at ForgottenHeroesTheMovie.com. That's ForgottenHeroesTheMovie.com. Hello? Lisa, it's Janet. What's wrong? Oh, it's just the bridesmaids' dresses for Lindsay's wedding. Oh, no. Tell me they're not fuchsia. Oh, they're not fuchsia. Then what? Oh, they're gaudy, aren't they? All ruffles and lace. <laughs> Great. We'll look like a chorus line. No, no, no. They're really quite simple. It's the material I'm most concerned about. Oh, I knew it. I specifically said no chiffon. I mean, it's so passe. I just don't it's think... It's not chiffon. Then what? They're made out of old yellow pages. What? I didn't catch that. It sounded like you said they're made out of old yellow pages. Yep. I'm afraid you heard right. It's got something to do with recycling and good karma on her wedding day. Oh, that's special. I'm not going to know whether a guy's checking me out or just looking for the number of a good mechanic. Funny. Very funny. There's a better way to recycle your outdated Dex phone books. Find out just how easy we've made it in your neighborhood. Call 1-877-2-GET-DEX or log on to DexNose.com. I know what you're thinking. Why would I need a voiceover production company? Well, does your company need a commercial for radio or television? Does your company need an entertaining and informative on-hold message? Are you looking to do an audiobook or web presentation? Then you need a voiceover production company. That's why thousands turn to the pros at Black Eagle Sound Design. Black Eagle Sound Design is home to some of the finest voice actors, producers, and engineers in the business. At Black Eagle Sound Design, you get Hall of Fame professionalism, royalty-free music, and a 100% buyout, meaning the commercials are yours to do with as you please. See website for details. Log on now to BESD.US and find out more. It's time you worked with the best, and Black Eagle Sound Design will be there with you and your project every step of the way. On time, on target, and at a price you can afford. I'm Adele Poole, one of the many talents you'll hear at Black Eagle Sound Design. Visit us at BESD.US. Black Eagle Sound Design, because the voice you choose matters. Now, more Vegas Never Sleeps. Here's Stephen Maggi once again. You're listening to Jeff Schumacher, one of the great writers from Las Vegas, senior director of content for the Mob Museum, and author of Sun, Sin, Suburbia, The History of Modern Las Vegas. Now, Jeff, you were just saying that while Las Vegas will always see tourism as king, it will also continue to diversify. Whether it's tech industries or, you know, other kinds of solar energy, all kinds of different things like that. They're finding that the Southern Nevada and Las Vegas specifically are very attractive places to go. So I would predict that over the next 10 years, Las Vegas will continue to diversify and offer jobs and opportunities far beyond the casinos. 
Well, Jeff Schumacher, thank you so much for being with us. The book is Sun, Sin, Suburbia, The History of Modern Las Vegas. You can get that at Amazon, I guess, right? That's the easiest place. Yep, absolutely. And let's tell them where to check out the Mob Museum, one of the best museums in the world. Where can they take a, a preview before they head out to Vegas? Well, you know, we have a great website, a lot of content, a lot of which I've written. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's at themobmuseum.org. So you have to have the, the T-H-E in there, themobmuseum.org. We will check that out. Thanks so much, Jeff. Really appreciate chatting with you. Thank you very much. Speaking of the incredible growth of Las Vegas, truth is it's not just the city that's grown so much, but the surrounding communities as well. And one city that's always mentioned when folks talk about moving to the desert is Henderson, Nevada. I met up with Dan Schwartz of the Henderson Chamber of Commerce at the recent Las Vegas Chamber Expo. Here is that interview. When you come to visit Las Vegas, and we talk about downtown a lot, we talk about the Strip, but there's another great place to go, and it's the city of Henderson. There's a lot there. It's a brand new, it seems like a brand new community, a great place. And with us, from the Henderson Chamber of Commerce, Vice President of Operation Dan Schwartz. Well, Dan, when people come down here, what is it that they should come and see when they go and spend maybe a day out in Henderson? Well, I think I don't think people realize the the growth of Henderson in particular. Henderson used to be the sleepy little community to the south of Las Vegas, but for the last 20 years, most years, we've been one of the fastest growing communities in the United States. We have now over, um, I think, approaching 400,000 residents in the city of Henderson alone. Uh, all sorts of terrific residential communities. We've been known for years for Green Valley, one of the best master plan communities in Southern Nevada and in the United States. And now there's new communities happening like Cadence, another huge master planned opportunity, Silverado. So a lot of great residential opportunities, but then terrific resorts, retail opportunities, and then a, a whole bunch of new commercial industrial buildings where companies can come and build their business in Southern Nevada. Yeah, it's a great place if you're thinking about relocating. I know people that have come and live in Las Vegas where they go, check out the city of Henderson. But but as you said too, even for the tourists, if you want to visit like Green Valley's out there, there's some really nice facilities. And, and then you don't have some of the issues that you have here at the Strip with parking and that sort of thing. Absolutely, some great resorts to come to, great retail opportunities. Not far out of the city of Henderson is Lake Las Vegas. Beautiful lake, resort area. You're at Lake Las Vegas, you forget you're even in in Nevada, actually, or close to Las Vegas. A um, lot of recreational opportunities out at Lake Mead, great golf courses in Southern Nevada and in Henderson. So uh, really one of our stories is we're growing to the west. So West Henderson, where the M Resort is, there's a brand new Costco gonna be built out that direction. So the city just continues to expand. And when you become a major league sports town like we're becoming in Las Vegas and Southern Nevada, we're stepping up too, so Henderson is going to be in the major leagues here very soon. Yeah, I guess you're pretty excited about both the, the uh, Golden Knights and, in a few years, the Raiders. That's a pretty big deal. This is a huge deal, and I think as much as we've enjoyed and still are to a large extent that great, sleepy community, we're all having to step up our game, and uh, there's just so much coming. We, we, we love having the Golden Knights and Raiders. I'm thinking about all the retail and hotel and other things that come along with that. No, absolutely. And I think, again, I think people want to remember when they're coming out, if you want one of those mixes where you're close enough to get into the, the downtown entertainment and all the excitement, but you want some of that nature, you guys really provide maybe the best deal in town in the sense, like you say, Lake Las Vegas is there, but you're only a few minutes really from uh, the center of the action. Absolutely. I mean, since the advent of 215 and uh, the continuation of all the, the uh, improvements in and around the airport that lead out to Henderson, easy to get to, easy to find. Eastern uh, in, in Henderson has a lot of great restaurants and retail. So there's just a lot of opportunity. And then as you head further south into um, Seven Hills and Anthem, great new communities being built. Again, kind of that master plan opportunity. So really, as much as Henderson has grown over the years, I think we're set for that next big chapter. Well, if that's the case, Dan, let's tell people that if they want more information, if they're thinking of maybe moving there or want to visit, what have you, where can we go on the web to find out more? Absolutely. You can go right to the Henderson Chamber of Commerce website, www.hendersonchamber.com. A great resource. And then uh, there's information on there about who to contact. My information is on there and can be reached through the website. Thanks so much, Dan. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Check us out on Twitter and at twitter.com forward slash Vegas Never Sleeps. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. 
you'd never suspect that you could find natural beauty as part of a working landfill. You can. Today, waste management landfills provide more than 17,000 acres of protected land for wildlife habitats. Working closely with communities and the Wildlife Habitat Council, we can ensure there will be protected space for native animal and plant life to thrive. From everyday collection to environmental protection, think green, think waste management. With all the talk of fake news today, it's getting harder to know who to trust. Thousands of websites, millions of opinions, even the mainstream media has gotten caught in dishonest reporting. Now, if you're looking for information you can trust, why don't you try westernfreepress.com. At Western Free Press, they let you know where they stand and you can judge for yourself. No fake news, no feigned objectivity, just straight news and strong opinion. That's westernfreepress.com. When you go to Las Vegas, you have to know what you're going to go see. And there's no better place on the web to go than VitalVegas.com. You hear Scott Robin, our Vegas insider, every week on the show. But Scott's got a lot more there. What are people going to find when they go to your site, Scott? Everything you need to know about Las Vegas from shows and restaurants and a lot of inside dirt that you won't hear anywhere else. And a lot of photos, too, and a lot of snark, right? (laughs) That is the case. (laughs) Yes. You can't miss it. VitalVegas.com. It's a must when you come to Las Vegas. VitalVegas.com. I know what you're thinking. Why would I need a voiceover production company? Does your company need a commercial for radio or television? Are you looking to do an audiobook or web presentation? Then you need a voiceover production company. Black Eagle Sound Design is home to some of the finest voice actors, producers, and engineers in the business. Log on now to BESD.US and find out more. Black Eagle Sound Design will be there with you and your project every step of the way. On time, on target, and at a price you can afford. Visit us at BESD.US. My son Casey was a bright, fearless 20-year-old with a boundless future ahead of him. But in the blink of an eye, he was gone. While out riding a skateboard, Casey fell. He was not wearing a helmet. Our whole family wishes he was. It could have saved his life. I'm Captain Kevin Raffelli of the San Mateo Police Department. Parents, encourage your kids to strap on a helmet every time they jump on a bike, scooter, or skateboard. Think of my son Casey and use your head. Put a helmet on. It could save your life. A message from the Consumer Product Safety Commission. I had a sore in my mouth that just wouldn't go away. And after a couple of weeks, I went to my doctor. A sore, lump, or thick patch in your mouth or throat could be a symptom of oral cancer. My doctor told me I was smart to come in. He said that oral cancer is more common in African-American men than in any other group in the U.S. It turns out I did have oral cancer. But it was caught early and my treatment was successful. I'm glad I got it checked. That probably saved my life. If you're an African-American man, you need to know about oral cancer. Visit a doctor or dentist if you see changes in your mouth that don't go away after two weeks. It's important to get an oral cancer exam because if you do have cancer, the earlier it's caught, the better. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. Time for more Vegas Never Sleeps. Again, here's your host, Stephen Maggi. In a few minutes, you'll hear Penn Gillette of Penn & Teller from a few years ago talking about working with Donald Trump before he was president or even a candidate for president. But now a conversation about a fun restaurant in Las Vegas where you can eat all of the finest meats you can cooked in the style of Brazil. When you come to Las Vegas, you know you got a lot of choices when it comes to food. There's some great stuff. And one of the great things, if you like Brazilian food, I'm a big fan of Brazilian steakhouses. It's, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Fogo de Chão. Fogo de Chão. Fogo de Chão. Okay, and with us is Richie, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Ricky. Rick. Oh, <laughs> Boy, I'm fine. <laughs> Ricky Shiplett. 
the sales and marketing manager. And, you know, tell people that haven't had the experience yet about a Brazilian steakhouse. I think it's just so much fun. It's one of those places you'll, you'll find something you like. Absolutely. Well, that's the best part about it. Somebody finds something that they like of anything. We have a beautiful market table. It has fresh vegetables and cured meats and cheeses. That's the first part of the experience. Our traditional feijoada bar with our black beans and rice. We have soup. And then, of course, what most people know us for is our Brazilian, uh, that tableside meat service, rodizio service. Our gaucho chefs, they're the ones that prepare the meats. They bring them in um, and serve them tableside to your guests. So beef, chicken, lamb, pork options come until you call it quits. So you can try a little bit of everything. Yeah, it's one of those places where you almost have to say, uncle, uncle, the food is fantastic there. Now, this food really stays true to the tradition of Brazilian cooking, right? I mean, this is just, if, if you like meats, and I do, let me tell you, it's just a wonderful place to go. Yeah, absolutely. We were founded in Brazil. We actually still have nine, maybe 10 locations now, actually. We're opening new restaurants every year. And uh, so we really try hard to, to maintain that Brazilian hospitality, the warmth, the family feel of the restaurant that, we, uh, that we're known for. And of course, the gauchos and, and really bringing the, the uh, culture to the restaurants. Absolutely. Yeah, it does bring that culture because people really enjoy talking to the gauchos. I know it, it's a fun thing. Everybody has fun with it. And it actually is a restaurant that can be quite romantic. I mean, it's really a fun place. Yeah, I, definitely fun. That You know, it's interactive. It keeps conversation. Myself being married 10 years, I do love going because there's always something to talk about. Did you try this? Oh, you got to taste this. You know, it, it definitely is a lot of fun. The gauchos come around uh, with you offering all sorts of different things. It's a great opportunity to try stuff. You know, not, ever, all, not all that often do you get to say like, hey, I've never had lamb. I just want a bite of lamb. I don't have to order an entire plate of lamb. So, you know, the, there's options to really just just try something new and if you love it great have another bite and if you don't then you can pass and move on to something else so there's definitely variety there something for everybody um, and we do have now our new uh, Chilean sea bass for those that you know you might have a group event and somebody doesn't eat meat so you have that Chilean sea bass that you can do for for those and of course that market table is beautiful for the vegetarians in your group so it, there's something there for everybody you know a lot of people talk about buffets when they talk about Las Vegas but really to me this is the best of both worlds because you get that great variety, but you have it delivered to your table, and you can take as much or as little as you want. Really kind of a fun way to do Las Vegas. Oh, for sure. Buffet always makes me cringe just a little bit, but I have to say this is truly the best of both worlds. You get everything that you could possibly want, but it is it comes tableside for you, and uh, it really it, it rounds out the experience, absolutely. Well, now that everybody's hungry, let's tell them where they can find it in Las Vegas. And if they want to go on the web, you get a preview of it. Where can they go? Yep. So we have two great locations in Las Vegas. We have one centrally located down if you're visiting uh, the Las Vegas Strip on Flamingo and Paradise. And for those locals, uh, obviously we have our Flamingo and Paradise, but we have a great new location in downtown Summerlin in that Arroyo Dining area. So it's a perfect option for that. You can see both locations, pricing, all of that at Fogo.com. And that's F is in Frank O. GO.com. Thanks so much for being with us. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, back in 2013, I spoke with Penn Chiletta, the famous Vegas icon team, Penn and Teller. And it was a great conversation. He had just written a book. And as I thought about it, I remembered he had talked a little about Donald Trump. Now, this was before Trump was ever president or even a candidate for president. And we barely knew some of his political views at that point. Well, Teller got to know him pretty well when he was on The Apprentice and talked about him. And it's kind of really interesting when you go back and see what people were thinking about President Trump before he was president. I thought you'd enjoy hearing this from 2013, my conversation with Penn Jillette. Well, you know, Celebrity Apprentice is, is nutty. I mean, uh, uh, in the 60s, if you wanted to be on a show Sunday night, you wanted to be on the center of the universe, you'd be on The Ed Sullivan Show. If you wanted the right position, you'd want to be right after the Beatles, which a friend of mine, a magician named Billy McComb, was on right after the Beatles. And uh, in the 21st century, Sunday night is Donald Trump. It is, uh, it is Celebrity Apprentice. And if you were to say who would be remembered in 30 years from Celebrity Apprentice, it would certainly be Gary Busey. So I'm going back for the All-Stars, and as far as I'm concerned, I'm on Ed Sullivan with the Beatles because I'm on Donald Trump with Gary Busey. And uh, it's a nutty situation because you get to go into um, doing things you don't know how to do with people you wouldn't hang out with, with cameras around you. So I found myself, you know, I'm from New England, 
So when I decided to uh, get married and have children with my wife, that was a 40-minute discussion, 4-0. 40 minutes, my wife and I talked about getting married and having children. But on Celebrity Apprentice, it was an hour and a half talking to Clay Aiken about my feelings and how much eye contact I made with Lou Ferrigno. So you spend an hour and a half talking about your feelings to Clay Aiken and see how much you want to stay alive. <laughs> yeah, that's what's Trump like? I mean, he's always out in front. He, he you know, certainly gets PR. I, after all is said and done, I really do like Trump. Um, he... Uh, Although I disagree with his political positions on, well, almost everything, mm-hmm. I, do, uh, I do love the fact that he speaks his mind. I mean, I do love the fact that you get what he says without a filter. You get it pretty pure. And I always like that. I mean, in America, in the marketplace of ideas, it's really important that we hear all these voices and all these extreme voices. I mean, uh, a lot of people, especially after the last election, were calling for um, – you know, a, a, a more togetherness in the country. But I think that what gives us our power in America is all the different voices. And one of those very different voices is Donald Trump. In just a few moments, your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, will tell us about the new phase in top name entertainment. It's called residency, and you're starting to see more and more superstars like Celine Dion, Rod Stewart, and Jennifer Lopez opting to stay in Vegas for months at a time. So instead of touring, their fans plan trips to Las Vegas to see them. It offers a vacation for the fans and a steady location with outstanding sound systems for the star. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. I'm here with Logan Reed, my own personal business coach. You know, a lot of people may think this is all a bunch of psychobabble and that kind of thing. But in reality, this is stuff that on the surface may seem like we're going to explore our background. But actually, we're just getting really in touch with ourselves to see how we can be more successful. Is that what you try to do with people? It is. So I'm not so interested in what's happened in the past. What I'm looking for is where people are now, where they want to be, and coaching always takes place in the gap. So what are the things, where are the places where they're getting stopped that's in that gap? And then when we move through those, they end up having what they want, whatever their goal is for themselves. Okay, we're all excited about it now. So how do we get involved? How do we get more information about about you and what you're doing? Sure, you can give me a call at 360-529-1848 or email me at logan at loganreadcoaching.com. And you could also check out my website if you want to learn more about me at loganreadcoaching.com. Dear Daddy, dear Mom, I love you. I miss you. I'm proud to call you my father. Every year, Snowball Express honors the children of our fallen military. Heroes who made the ultimate sacrifice for our nation. Hi everybody, I'm Tony Orlando. Did you know that more than 8,500 children have lost a parent in military service since 9-11? Our soldiers died fighting for our freedom, and their children, they continue to suffer the loss. Join me in proudly supporting Snowball Express, a nonprofit charity that creates opportunities to help heal the children of our fallen heroes. Their year-long efforts culminate in a special week of fun, friendship, and hope. We can never fully express the gratitude for the ultimate sacrifice our soldiers have made, but we can honor them by giving back to their children. Please, you join me? Donate now at snowballexpress.org. With all the talk of fake news today, it's getting harder to know who to trust. Thousands of websites, millions of opinions, even the mainstream media has gotten caught in dishonest reporting. Now, if you're looking for information you can trust, why don't you try westernfreepress.com. At Western Free Press, they let you know where they stand and you can judge for yourself. No fake news, no feigned objectivity, just straight news and strong opinion. That's westernfreepress.com. Hi, I'm Jet Williams. Even though I never knew my father, Hank Williams, his legacy taught me the meaning of lending a helping hand. That's why I support the Orphan Foundation of America. 
OFA is committed to providing education, mentoring, and a workplace readiness for thousands of teens aging out of the foster care system. With the help of OFA's support programs, these young people can go to college and trade school, graduate, and make the leap from foster care to success. To learn how you can help, visit Orphan.org. Back for more Vegas Never Sleeps. Once again, here's Stephen Maggi. Time now for a visit with your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Seems like residency shows where people are coming in and spending, you know, whether it's weeks or months here and performing at the same place. Has that kind of become the new wave of entertainment as we head into further into the 21st century? I would have to say yes. Uh, one of the big stories of 2016 was how many traditional Las Vegas shows had closed. I, I kept a running tally on my website, and it got up to 30 shows. That's amazing, even in a city like Las Vegas, to have 30 shows close. A wide variety of shows, Broadway-style shows closed, and the Lounge Acts closed. And it, it was really was a mixed bag of shows that closed. So... The thing that's happened is that that evolution from kind of the lounge acts and the traditional Vegas shows is it really has turned into headliner, big name entertainment. They're the ones that are they're not just driving ticket sales. They're driving visitation to the city. Those big names, people travel to see those people. If there's a Bruno Mars or, you know, Celine is really the best example, and she really got that whole thing started. They built a theater for her. She has had a hugely successful run in Las Vegas. Nobody predicted that she was going to have that kind of run. It's been an unbelievable draw, unbelievable moneymaker for Caesars Entertainment. So now with the T-Mobile Arena, um, and, and they have taken it to another level. These are stadium people that can fill a stadium are huge, huge money makers for the casinos. And I don't know what to say. I I think I'll, uh, there will be some traditional Vegas shows opening in in 2017, but there really has been a shift toward these big name, very expensive headliners. When Lady Gaga performs and she's getting a thousand dollars a ticket. There is a demand there, and it really is hitting that next level. Las Vegas is pulling in the biggest names that they really couldn't get before because we didn't have the venues that were big enough to make it worth their while. These these acts are making a million dollars a night, so you have to have a certain size venue to warrant that kind of expense. I think that's that's absolutely for the foreseeable future, whether it's Britney Spears or, um, you know, it, there's just a lot of... Uh, big names being announced, whether it's one-offs or, you know, kind of these longer-run residencies. I think it's definitely a shift, and it'll it just remains to be seen if people want to pay those ticket prices because they they can be pricey, uh, and I think still uh, people still like that kind of standard Vegas stuff. But when you see the topless reviews closing and the the magic shows, like some of these shows have lasted literally two weeks, and back in the day you would you would launch a female review and it would run for 10 years and you could pretty much bet on it it's naked people it's a pretty much a done deal there have been a couple recently they open and they go away so i think vegas is trying to figure out what's next but it certainly looks like the headliners are going to be for the foreseeable future that's going to be the big draw thanks for listening this is steven Maggi reminding you vegas never sleeps We'll see you next week for more excitement and energy from the desert. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. The two tight ends are lined up as tight ends. Back goes Darrell to pass. He's looking for Smith, but instead goes down the middle. Chester, touchdown Raiders! That is the Oakland Raiders. No, not the Oakland Raiders of 2017, but the Oakland Raiders of 1972. And that's what we're talking about on a new feature called RaiderHistorian.com. You go there and we have 
every week different highlights from years of the past, including a look back at Al Davis, the owner, all the great games, the rivalries, the philosophy of the team, and so forth. It's a must as the Raiders head to Las Vegas in just another few years. If you're here in Las Vegas, you got to know that history, and if you're from Oakland and L.A., you'll want to relive that as well. RaiderHistorian.com.